Hello, hello, and welcome to a fresh out of the All-Star break, second half of the NBA season episode of the Pick and Play podcast, where to break all things down at NBA, I am joined by Leo. How are you doing in cold Florida? My boy, it's, you know, it's a cool 60-some in Florida right now, which is fine. I'm not going to complain too much. Uh, I, my 30th birthday is on Sunday, so Whew. I'm really hoping that uh, we get some mid-80s and sunny. Going to be laid out, huh? I saw you looking online for uh, something expensive to get your hands on, huh? A little ace of spades, <laughs> huh? Yeah, man. I, I just feel like on my 30th birthday, I'm going to throw caution to the wind, and I'm just going to buy the most expensive liquor that uh, I can afford, Yeah. and I'm going to get wasted. Yeah, that's fuck it. Plan. Yeah, look, I, I think that's great. I think I treat, you know, a lot of birthdays like that. My 30th was, uh, that's uh, two years ago now. I'm 31. So, uh, yeah, it's a good time. You got you to gotta fire that in there. Uh, any of those big numbers, you, you, you got to, if you're not severely hungover for the next day, you know, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Right. If you don't hear from me early next week, that means that I, I'm in a pile of blankets somewhere trying <laughs> to find where my life went wrong. I, I hope you're trying to figure that out. Uh, today we're going to be breaking down. We have a little uh, mystery questions for each other. We gave each other some some heads up on what's coming, but we have a group of questions that we're going to pose back and forth and kind of break down, which we think are going to be five of the main topics that are going to dominate the second half of the season. Uh, so to go ahead and kick us off, um, I'm, I'll fire one in first, uh, and, and you got to let me know how you're feeling about this. But we are seeing. Sports stadiums open up across the board, and some of them egregiously open up. Uh, Texas has pretty much said, pistols out, uh, everything's open. So 100% capacity at some Texas stadiums. We have teams that play in Texas. Uh, We see limited fans being let in. That's increasing across the United States to 25% to 50% as things warm up. Home field advantage has not been a thing now for almost 18 months. Well, a year, I wouldn't say 18 months, a season and a half. How big of a role do you expect it to play in the second half of the season? I, Because I, this may get wild. I think home court advantage is, is more so going to be important once we get to the playoffs. Uh, I think for the regular season, I don't think that there'll be too much of a difference in in the level of play or anything like that. I think you might see some players give that extra effort, you know, because they got the fans cheering them on. But in the playoffs, I think that's where you're really going to feel the home court advantage. Last playoffs, we had the bubble. We saw Jamal Murray. We saw Donovan Mitchell. We saw TJ Warren go crazy in the bubble. And, uh, you know, as time goes on and as we get further and further into the season, I start to think that maybe that was a product of the bubble, you know, because all those players that we've named, minus TJ Warren, have been good, but they haven't been as good as what we saw last playoff. So uh, I'm I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence. I think when when we get to the finals, it's going to be a big deal because more often than not, especially over the last 10, 15 years, the team with home court advantage is the team that wins the championship. Uh, I, I think the only exceptions to that, at least in the last 10 years, are going to be the Toronto win over Golden State, uh, and we know what happened there. Yeah. Uh, and then the Cleveland victory over Golden State, uh, we also know what happened there. So. Three <laughs> one. I think it's going to be a big deal in the finals, but for the rest of the season, I don't see it being a huge factor. I think it's going to be an insane factor. I think the fans. 
the first, the only people that are really going to be there and getting into it is anyone that wants to go crazy. We aren't going to be bringing in average fans here. This is going to be a ravenous base of people that have been begging for some form of live entertainment uh, for over a year. I think you're going to see places like the Garden, uh, the Knicks are in the playoff contention, that the Lakers are a dominant force. There's a lot of young talent around the NBA. We haven't been able to go cheer and scream for these teams in a year. I think these stadiums are going to be louder than they've been in years. I think that it's going to be a dramatic impact on not only players, but communication. We've been able to clearly communicate, yell plays out from the sideline. People have gotten used to that in the NBA. Now we're going to turn around and pack the houses. And some of these houses, man, I think are just going to burn themselves to the ground. I just do. Tell me, like, Miami, they're not going to go. They already allow some fans. When that thing opens up, I think it's going to be ferocious. When you look at really. You know what I've noticed is that the teams that are starting, you know, the teams are starting to let the fans trickle in now. Yep. And when you watch the games, these places are at 20, 25% capacity, and it sounds like a real crowd. Yes. I don't know if they're mixing in fake noise with crowd noise. I don't think they're doing that. But even at 25% capacity, you can hear the excitement in the stadiums. Fill them up. Boston Garden is going to bleed. The 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 Madison Square Garden is going to bleed. Oh the, my God! If the Knicks make the playoffs, that's what I'm saying. These home fields, people are going to be ravenous. I just think that I think across sports. First, me, I, I'm I'm going to try to go to as many live games as I can this year for for any sport I can get my hands on. Um, but I just think it's going to be nonstop. Uh, heart pounding, everyone screaming for anything that that's exciting. If we have exciting and heated playoff games, I think the East will provide, except for whoever plays the Nets in Philly. Um, I, I think they're just going to be really, really contentious games with the crowd, and I, I believe that home field advantage is actually going to really put the ratings back where they need to be. I think it's going to make the play-in bubble absolutely an electric ticket. I, I, I'm all about it. I, I believe that home field advantage, to your point, might not be rolled out until the playoffs, but once it rolls out, it's going to be huge. We, we I think it's tough to play for a year and then come back and you shoot that free throw, and now everyone's screaming for you not to make it. You were shooting in an empty gym. It's, it's just different. There's going to be different layers of pressure on people. We did see that in the bubble. We saw random people kind of step up and have these big games. I'm excited to see what the future holds there. You actually gave me the perfect transition talking about home court advantage into my first question that I have for you. Fired in. And it's got to do with a team that we talked a lot of shit about before the season <laughs> and has been dunking on us all year, the Utah Jazz. Fuck them. <laughs> my question to you, does the, do the Utah Jazz have a real shot at representing the West in the finals? They're currently the number one scoring team in the league, the number three defensive team here at the halfway mark. What's it going to take for them to win the championship? A lot of luck. Uh, the Lakers stay injured. The, to me, those are the big things. So AD doesn't really recover, and that Achilles partial tear is like a big thing, which I think it's a big thing. Utah has probably the most aesthetically pleasing basketball. They, just, they, they pass the ball well. Um, I will say this. 
I fucking hate Rudy Gobert. And I really have a tough time. I just don't like him. Like, I don't like his shitty attitude when it was towards COVID. I didn't like, and I get that we didn't understand what it was at the time. I get it. I hate the belly aching. Um, that team's full of belly aching in the one seed. Um, when you watched, when you watched uh, Gobert against Embiid, you really get a feel for like, okay, Gobert exists because he's, he's technically sound. Um, he follows the rules of what Quinn Snyder lays out for that team. And I think he executes to that. I just don't see someone that, like, okay. Let, let me ask you a side question uh, about Gobert and, and Donovan Mitchell real quick. How'd you feel about all the, the talk about them being disrespected? You, I know you saw the, the All-Star draft and you yeah. know, LeBron making jokes. And yep. I, what, what do you think about them and all the – I don't want to say the crying, you know, but they're doing a lot of talking about how they're disrespected. They're the one seed. If you want respect, go get it. That's why LeBron and KD both disrespected them in that all-star draft. Wasn't just LeBron. KD didn't draft them either. Right. Players basically have said, look, earn it. So you're the one seed. Who gives a shit? You're halfway through the season. And you're crying that you're not getting treated like superstars? You don't have superstars. Donovan Mitchell's great. I really love Donovan Mitchell. But he got outshot by Murray. And and I go, what's better about this Utah team this year than, you know, last year? I don't know. I don't think there's any... I, I think that this yeah, respect is earned. ...now than they did in the bubble, at least. You know, like, Bogdanovich is back. He's a, he's a big piece for them. Like... They are a different team, and they seem to be playing different. But I personally don't care, I yeah. guess. <laughs> Until the rule of thumb is disproven that you need a superstar, and in the playoffs you're going to need everyone to step up, and the fact that the regular season most players kind of limp through, I think what Utah's doing should be expected. This is a younger, hungry team that is executing day in to day out. They are not getting hit with all the COVID that other teams have been hit with. They're able to keep that core together, and they're winning games. And it's it, it, I'm, I'm not taking anything from them, but people have to understand that the NBA lets 60% of their teams into the playoffs. I really don't give a shit what you think of yourself in the regular season. If you can't get out of the first round, you are rightfully disrespected. Period. What else do you expect here? Go further in the playoffs next time. Don't get outshot. Get in there. Get a win. Come out with a series victory before we start going, I feel disrespected. Yeah, because I watched you play last year. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not, I didn't just forget about your career. Uh, this is on you, Utah. And, and keep your mouth shut and go to work. Or else right, you're so going to keep getting the ire of all of everyone else. Getting back to this season. So you don't think that there's any scenario, let's say everyone's healthy, everyone's at full strength, ready to roll at the start of the playoffs. There's no scenario where Utah ends it holding up the trophy? Um, It'd just be tough. Like, okay, there's eight minutes left in a game. Utah's up four. You're playing the Lakers. How are you holding that lead? Uh, you, I, I guess you pray that LeBron rolls his ankle. That's what I'm saying. Like, so just to get out of the West, you're gonna really need, you need the Clippers to kind of fall apart, which is possible. The Clippers could fall apart in the playoffs again. That's possible. 
you really kind of need, uh, I mean, still, you, I think they could beat Portland. Really, the only team I think they could not beat is the Lakers if the Lakers are healthy. But there aren't many teams that can. I just, they got to get lucky and have someone else mow the Lakers down. And then they have to kind of go through that route. So it's not impossible, but I've never seen LeBron be, like, let anyone down in the playoffs. Like, that's one of the things. He's uh, the be- he's one of the best players on the court in the regular season, but he's almost always the best player on the court in the playoffs. And what are you going to do when LeBron goes 35, 12, and 10 on you? And AD's going 25 and 18. Like, we've if seen... If that's happening, then that series is a wrap. I just don't... I, that's what I think. I, do, can you, you, you... For me right now, I have Utah, like, fifth. I have them behind the Clippers, behind the Lakers, uh, behind Philly, and behind the Nets. Right. So, Utah, for me, the way I'm looking at them currently is sort of like I I looked at maybe last year's Bucks or how we look at last year's Bucks now. Uh, You know, regular season force, they're mowing through everyone. We're we're looking at them like, all right, are they up next? And then in the playoffs, it just doesn't translate as well when the teams have time to game plan. They have time to zero in on Donovan Mitchell. What does Donovan Mitchell like doing? Does he like going here? Does he like going there? Let's play Rudy Gobert off the court. You know, like there's more of that stuff that happens in the playoffs. And so I I won't rule them out completely because we've said before, if you're a top five offense and a top five defense, you're going to probably, you know, be in contention at the end. Yep. But they're giving me a Milwaukee Bucks vibe. That's, That's what I'm feeling right now. Yeah, you know, that's the other thing. That would be a good matchup. Bucks, Utah. Put them together. Not in the finals. Neither one of them. Both have the same chance to make the finals to me. Milwaukee's kind of that, is the Utah, right? They, although Giannis is the better player out of any of them. I don't know. Both of them strike me the same way in the playoffs. What are you going to do with the last eight minutes in a fourth quarter game that you got to win? I, I don't really care if you stack regular season wins. I just don't care. So we got to we got to get to the playoffs with these teams or else fuck them. Well, let's move on. Enough about Utah. Yeah, fuck Utah. Um, yeah, the whole state, honestly. Um, so okay, my next thing I had for you is while it is fun to talk about on paper, the Nets are assembling the ghosts of Christmas past Clippers. Uh, They now have DeAndre Jordan, and they have Blake Griffin. However, both have looked absolutely cooked. Do they still need to go get a center, or can they make this work? Yeah, no. Yes, they still need a center. They absolutely still need a center. I mean, I... There was a lot of excitement when Blake Griffin signed. I got a few messages on my phone, like, oh, it's a wrap now, you know, like the... Nets in four, you know, I got a lot of messages <laughs> on my Nets phone. Nets in four, yeah. But I'm thinking, like, did you watch Blake Griffin this yeah. year? Like, at all? Blake Griffin might still have it, you know what I mean? Like, it uh, could be a case where you're in a shitty team in a shitty city. Yeah. Uh, no disrespect to Detroit. Uh, but, like, he didn't want to be there, you know? And so maybe his drop-off in, in efficiency and production is a result of him just not being happy and maybe being in Brooklyn in a big city on a contender – Maybe that brings him back to serviceable, you know, because I don't think he's ever going to be Blake on the Clippers again. You know, he's I don't think he's got that lift anymore, but he's still a skilled big man. All that being said, the Nets problem isn't scoring more points. The Nets yeah. problem is stopping you from scoring more and points. And rebounding. And rebounding. And Blake, what's Blake 
those two categories. Like, I do like that Blake can stretch the floor. He's going to be able to hit a three for them. You know, he's going to create more space, even more space for KD, for Harden, for Kyrie. No, and they don't need that, though. Exactly. Like, it's more of a luxury. Yeah. Like, they need... Now, if they were to go out and get Andre Drummond, which is a, a rumor that he might get bought out and end up on the Nets... At that point, I am concerned because now you have one of the best rebounders, yeah. if not the best rebounder in the NBA, and the guy who maybe isn't giving you Gobert paint defense, but he's going to give you respectable paint defense. I would be very concerned with this move. But to answer your question, the the ghost of Clippers pass uh, front court that they have with DeAndre and Blake, no, that that doesn't concern me uh, at all. You know, and I don't think that it concerns too many people in the East, especially not the Bucks. It's not going to concern Miami, you know, like the teams that are going to be there, Philly, you know, the teams that are going to be there at the end, they look at those moves and go, eh, all right, like what are you going to do with Embiid? You still can't do anything with Embiid. Blake Griffin's last, Blake Griffin's last dunk, 422-19. What? Yep, that's the last. Did you say his last dunk was in 2019? Yep. Last dunk, just for anyone out there. Blake Griffin, and that was in the playoffs against the Bucks, and then he promptly got hurt. So nah, you're messing with me. That man hasn't dunked since 2019. No. Wow. He got no okay. legs. He ain't got no legs. He ain't yeah. got no legs. That man used to jump through the roof, but I mean, Father Tom's undefeated unless you're LeBron. He, yeah, I know, or Brady. Two, oh, Brady, two Brady. goats. Yeah, he dunked against uh, he the Detroit made the playoffs uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, he ran down the court, dunked the ball, comes falls to the ground, goes to the other side, uh, is rebounding a uh, a ball and looks like gets hurt. Um, but I just think his legs are shot. I don't really think it's much. It's one of those fan moves that gets everyone excited. And then you're like, yeah, go look at Blake Griffin's stats over the last thir- uh, three years. And they're just they're just a drop-off. So I, I really don't. I, I, I wanted us to kind of cut that right off. I don't think Blake Griffin changes anything. In fact, uh, I'll tell you, I believe that it may hurt them. Uh, and it may be a signal that they're kind of stuck because if it, if they're picking up Griffin, I don't know if you're getting Drummond. I think that you're getting Griffin and you're going to try to make Griffin DeAndre work. And I think that's what you're trying to go with. Uh, and I just don't see it working at all. Um, it's There's still- just no paint defense there. And so when it gets to the playoffs, it's going to be a layup line. Yep. Really. I mean, because... Even KD can play a little small ball five like he did with the Warriors, but you want... KD he can give you some help rim protection, but he's not about to lock down the paint. Joel Embiid is going to put every team in the East in foul trouble and score 40 a game if he wants to. Right, right. And the you... only competition, I think, for Joel is really like uh, out of Bayou, maybe. That, that's it. That's it, and he's just so much bigger. <laughs> It's AD. The only the only counter to Embiid is AD. Like that's really right, it. Right, right. I was speaking in the East. Yeah, yeah but the West, East yeah. they don't have anyone. He when when Joel Embiid takes his big ass down to the post, he eats, and that's that's kind of what people in Brooklyn are excited about. Is oh Griffin will be the you know well Blake and DeAndre and Blake you know versus Embiid, and I'm like Embiid may be more dominant. Embiid's more dominant than both of them in their prime. 
He's bigger. I actually think Giannis Giannis might have a shot with Embiid. Giannis, if, if, if they put him, past. if they put him down in the post, he doesn't like to. Uh, Giannis doesn't like to drag his big ass into that post. He, but no, not on offense. But I think on defense, I, I do think that he could yes. battle with Embiid a little. That yeah. is the one matchup that I bet Philly doesn't want. I actually would love to see that. Truthfully, um, okay, let's slide on to the next question. What do you got for me? All right, Portland. Uh, my first question was, uh, you know, is Utah being slept on? Or not if Utah was being slept on, but Portland. if they could make it to the finals. Yeah. My next question is similar, uh, but about Portland. Are we sleeping on Portland? Do we need to be giving Portland a little more juice here? Because they're, they're a five seed right now. And yeah. And McCollum's been out since the 12th game, I think, of the year. Yeah. And, and look, they're playing well. More importantly, Dame's playing well. Dame's playing like an MVP, which... Yeah, Dame- Dame might fuck up our MVP uh, for Embiid. Well, hold on. I've got Dame at 100 to 1. So, <laughs> let's. My three MVPs were Dame, Embiid, and LeBron. I am cornering the fucking market. Oh, I think you're locked in. <laughs> I am locked in. I have, I've got this thing by the balls right now. Um, uh, All yeah. right, well, hold on, hold on. Let's detour because I like this actually. So, what, who. Is there anyone that could overtake those three? Um, if, Curry if they went on a crazy run? Curry if they went on a crazy run. Luka could get in there if they go on a crazy run. I just don't know how anyone gets by Embiid, really. Yeah, I don't think That's so. the one I'm if stuck Embiid on. Embiid stays on the court, I think it's a wrap. Dame is fun to talk about, but Dame really, truthfully, you know, LeBron will get it before Dame, right? Yeah, agreed. Okay, so as long as LeBron in the standing stays above Dame, he eliminates Dame. As long as LeBron is above you in the standings in your division, he eliminates you. Like, that's the problem with LeBron. So if you're a lower seed, LeBron wins the MVP over you. No one's giving it to Luka as the, the fifth seed, uh, not LeBron at the fourth seed. It's just not happening. The media won't do it. So you have to understand it's not MVP. It's MVPM. It's most valuable player to the media. That's what it is. It is. That's it. So you have to have a narrative. They're not going to give it to Luka after this whole LeBron, it's been eight years, yada, yada, yada. That's not happening. It is going to fucking go to either LeBron or right now, Joel Embiid. I, other things are fun. And Portland's, are, look, Dame Lillard's the, that fucking dude. Did you watch the All-Star game? Oh, I did. That man Dame was pulling from behind half court. I, I couldn't believe it. Dame, Dame, Dame pulls up on the block and clears it out. That guy street sweeps everyone out of here. He's awesome to watch. He's a fucking unbelievable talent. I love what Portland's doing because I think, you know, that's why we, he was such a long shot for MVP. Because people didn't think they'd be even in this race. And you're right. Are we sleeping on Portland? Yes. But, you know, are we sleeping on Utah also? Can you can you not you know if you're if you're sleeping on Portland, you got to feel a little bit the same way about Utah. And to me, the regular season, the NBA, I don't consider it like a slept on thing. We just we see you. That's great. You know, here's your pat on the back. See you in the fucking playoffs. (laughs) You know, my my most vivid vivid memory of Portland's getting absolutely waxed off the table by AD in New Orleans, and I go, you still got to make up for that. In the NBA, to me, when you get to the playoffs, you got to make up for your past transgressions. And that's the history of sports. 
Um, you don't get the respect you deserve. If someone disrespects you, you don't get your respect back until you go take it. I just think with Portland, they're they're kind of deep, you know. Like, and we're yeah. starting to see it a little bit now that they've been missing CJ for a while. And I think ultimately, this is probably going to be good for the team. The fact that CJ was was gone for a little while because you've seen uh, you've seen Gary Trent step up. You've seen Anthony Simon step up. Even the young fella Nazir Little, you've seen him step up. Melo looks like he's comfortable now getting some shots. He, he's yeah. coming into his own over there. Uh, and then you have Dame, an MVP candidate. And so I, I just think if they're at the five seed right now, if CJ can come back playing even 80% of where he was when he left, this things might get scary out here. They're, they're missing 26 points a game right now from their lineup. The respect will be given... I'm going to call the shot now. Utah and Portland will play in the first round. And respect will be given on who gets out of there. That's, I believe that we got half a season to go. Things will filter down that way. I think Utah will cool off a little bit. I think Portland will heat up a little bit. I think these teams end up real close, like a 3-6. I think this is your first round matchup. And I will give respect to whoever gets out of it. Now, nothing would tickle me more than both of those teams not playing each other and playing someone else and both losing. Nothing would make me laugh harder. Because I think that shit's funny. I just do. You want respect. Don't get it in the regular season. Go to the playoffs. I mean, to give you an idea of the, you know, the way the public perceives these things, people talk about Giannis right now, and they're like, he will never get another MVP. <laughs> Even though he's having like the same, it might win MVP this year, like by the numbers. By the numbers, but they're not going to give it to him. No chance. Not until he does something in the playoffs. And even though they say it's a regular season MVP, he got back to back. He's got his. We're going to give it to anyone else until he shows up and makes it to a finals. Until Giannis makes to a finals, no chance of an MVP. And you're finding a lot of these teams are going to be in that realm. You got to go get respect outside of the regular season. I watch LeBron play in the regular season. Motherfucker is just jogging layup lines back and forth. I run all the way out here. I run all the way back. Let Schroeder take the... the Schroeder will run the sets for five straight minutes. And LeBron just kind of hangs around, maybe shoots a couple threes. As long as the game's close, he's happy to just take the worst offensive player on the other side and stand off in the corner. That's not playoff basketball. So your respect is earned only in the playoffs. You got to get there and you got to win. Um, I want to see more Dame time, but th- that, that's really where I'm at. I, I'm, I'm not giving it to Portland. I'm not giving it to Utah. They got to they gotta show me something in the playoffs first. Can I ask you a little sidebar question just because you, you brought up Giannis? Yeah. Did you see the end of uh, their last game before the All-Star break? I did uh, not. Okay, so a, a long story less long. Uh, they're, they're in a close matchup. It's, it's getting down to the wire. Um, let me try to remember who they were playing at. Memphis. They were playing Memphis. Memphis. All right, so they're playing the Grizzlies. It's down to the wire. It's a one-point game. And in the final maybe 15, 20 seconds, everything that I've been trying to say about the Bucks in the playoffs, I felt came to fruition in front of my eyes. Instead of giving the ball to Giannis for that last possession, for him to do some kind of weird ISO, get blocked off, and put up a terrible shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Drew Holiday gets a steal. He comes down the court. And instead of looking for Giannis, which is what every other single person on the Bucks last season would have done, 
look, where's Giannis? Let me get get the ball to Giannis. Drew Holiday gets right into his package. It's a crossover step back mid-range jumper game with two seconds left or about a second left. And in that moment right there, I'm thinking that is going to be the difference in the playoffs. Like Drew Holiday doesn't need Giannis for anything. Yeah, He can grab and go and go get his own bucket. And you saw it at the end of the game. It was not crunching time. Everything was on the line. And he said, fuck Giannis. Yeah. I'm going to go get a bucket. And he did. And I just think that keep your keep that in mind when the playoffs come around. I'm about it. I, I really like Drew Holiday. Uh, I don't know if he's that much of a difference maker. But like to your point, uh, you know, I got to tell you, watching Bledsoe with the ball is one of the most painful things. So any upgrade oh, from that is, is... A massive upgrade. <laughs> I know. Like it's, it's almost underrated how yeah. big of an upgrade it is going from Bledsoe to Holiday. But that's just it. Until they make the playoffs again and then beat somebody other than Orlando, <laughs> you know, it's just, it, that's going to be the story on them. And that should be the story on them. Like, that's earned for them. That's earned shit. You gotta, you yeah, you gotta be fighting in that finals. It's gotta be you versus Brooklyn, you versus Philly. That has to happen this year. If that doesn't happen, you know, I think we're gonna lead into your next question here. So I, I won't, I won't, you know, cut the lead off. But let you know, jump to it. Give us your last question. All right, man. So since we're already here, which playoff team do you think is most likely to blow it up after a first round exit? So, you know, who who cannot stand to take a first round loss? Um, you know, I what, think what roster is going to be completely different next year if things go wrong? Uh, Tor- see, I'd say Toronto, but there's a lot of talk that they're going to blow that up now. Lowry right. has been telling people that he's getting traded. Um, so I don't know if they if they you know, the, to me, I feel like Toronto's mm, kind of already blown up. Even yeah, though they haven't blown it. They up really, yeah, they they blew it up for their championship. I just, I don't know. The only, t- I, I so first, I think Milwaukee and Denver will both fire their coast coach if they're disappointed this year. I think both both of them, and if if you want to give me one, I may say the Nuggets because they're gonna. If you bounce out this year disappointingly, you're gonna get rid of your coach. And you're probably going to try to get rid of Porter and see what you can get for him. Uh, you've already let Clarkson go. You've already let um, Jeremy Grant go. So you may be looking at a team that already kind of blew it up, uh, weirdly. Um, and it may just be needing the latter half. Now, they still have Jokic, and they still have Murray. But I don't know who else might completely disassemble the wagon. Um, you know what? Boston could disassemble that wagon. Ah, you got me. That was mine. <laughs> I could definitely see if, if Boston takes a first-round exit, Kemba's definitely out of there. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see one of Tatum and Brown go, although I'm sure Celtics fans hope that they can see that combo forever. Yeah. Uh, but if they you know, if they get embarrassed in the first round, I think that that team is getting blown up. Brad yep. Stevens is out of there. Danny Ainge might be out of there. Uh, the roster is going to look completely different. I, I have my eyes on Boston in the Eastern Conference, and in the Western Conference, I have my eyes on the LA Clippers. I think if LA, if yeah. the Clippers take another disappointing loss, I know last season it was the second round when hmm. they lost, but they almost lost to Luka in the first round. If they take a first round L this year, I expect a fire sale. You know, I, I expect PG getting traded. I know he just signed an extension. He's still getting traded. Uh, 
yeah. I, I, I think that that team and that roster is going to be completely different if they take it out. I don't know if Kawhi will still be on there. I think that'll be Kawhi's decision. Yeah. Uh, but they're going to Bombers making major moves if they make a disappointment in the playoffs this year. If the, you you know what I I agree to that. If the Clippers don't make it out of the second round this year, that's going to be weird. Because Ballmer is a fired-up motherfucker. Ballmer right. is a... I don't know what that guy does to get himself up, but he stays up. And the excitement he, you know, troutsed around with L.A. and Paul, not even to get the... He, they didn't even get the matchup with the Lakers that he specifically set out to, to dominate L.A. If they don't get that matchup, I think if they can just beat the Lakers this year in a round, that they'll survive, even if they don't make it all the way. But I, uh, if they beat the Lakers in a playoff round, that extends their team's yeah. life like two years. I don't think that I don't think Dame Lillard and them are going anywhere. I can't see Portland really blowing up. Like I said, the core of Denver can't go anywhere. San Antonio doesn't have a core. They just released Marcus Aldridge, so. Uh, and Dallas's core is Luca and uh, a unit, you know, KP. So, I, yeah, I don't know who. I, I think Boston. You're right. At this point, it's it's really sad what's happened to Boston in terms of they put a lot of preparation and planning in. They had Kyrie, and you're like, man, that should work out. It just fucking didn't. Um, Gordon Hayward gets hurt. Kemba Walker looks. Kemba Walker looks awful at times. Uh, I think they've got two young pieces, but the rest of it could all be disassembled. Um, I, I would, I would think that Brad, if Brad Stevens ever got let go from Boston, um, it would be about two seconds until someone signed him to like a five-year deal. But you're right, Boston doesn't really tolerate sitting on the sidelines. They don't tolerate that as a franchise. Yeah, no, they've been they they've been consistently in the playoffs for the last few years, but. I feel like their their playoff success peaked a couple yeah. years ago. You know, like they've steadily been doing worse and worse as the years go on. So I, I eventually you would think that there has to be a major shakeup. But I agree with you. If they do fire Brad Stevens, and maybe that you know that could happen if they have a disappointing end to the season, uh, Brad Stevens wouldn't be out of work for very long. No, no time at all. Now the thing is, Boston right now is the four seed. They're on a hot streak of four in a row. They're going to get Marcus Smart back. I believe that team. Is really just missing a him to get this going. And they would right now be on pace to play the Knicks, which from a ratings perspective, the NBA has to be absolutely rock hard about. You would get Boston <laughs> you would get Boston and New York in round one with potential full stadium of fans. If that doesn't get you off the mat in terms of just history and uh from a ratings perspective, having those two markets so close, and I don't know what would ever save them. I'm going to root for that. I'm going to root for Boston and New York to be right there at the end and play each other. It doesn't take much in the East. Um, but, you know, Boston's first-round matchup would be either New York, Miami, or could be Charlotte where it's sitting. So I, I think they'll make it at least around two. But you're right. you got to do something there. They're kind of middling around without that one-god superstar, and I think they're going to have two really good stars. They just still need time. Like, as we talked about in other episodes, the NBA, we love to crown these kids immediately. And then you're like, no, 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 there's so much more nuance to this. Uh, Trey Young, phenomenal offensive player, they're still 16 and 20. Like, you need more than that. 
Whereas I look at Boston and go, you have everything minus that one superstar that you thought you had with Kyrie. Um, and that didn't work so for out. Me, so I don't even think that they they necessarily need that that top tier guy. Uh, I think with Brown and Tatum, they have okay two guys that kind of equal enough. You know what they need is for Kemba to come along with them. You know when they uh, when they sign Kemba, they they're expecting 24, 25 points a game, right? And he hasn't been that. He just doesn't and, look good. Right, but recently, you know, I'd say in his last five games, you know, before the All-Star break, he started picking it up a little bit, and you see Boston go into the break with four straight wins as a result. Yep. Uh, so I, I think that their, their, their floor is determined by Tatum and Brown, but the ceiling is determined by if Kemba decides to, you know, get it going. Okay. I think that wraps up everything I got. Oh, top shot. Real quick, top shot check-in. I got a pack of those All-Stars. Um, I got a pack. Now, the super rare card, it's not super rare, but the rare card I got um, was Tyler Hero. So I got a little Hero Ball. Um, and I'll tell you what, I'm going to be honest with everyone out there, I sold it immediately. <laughs> I sold it. How much did you make on it? 480 bucks. Are you shitting me? Nope. How much did the pack cost? Now the pack was a hundred. You quadrupled your money. And then I got a Zach Levine in there, and for that Zach Levine card was hitting for I think I sold it for a buck ten, a buck twenty. Sorry, oh. the All Star. Hold on, the All Star cards were one ninety nine. The Tyler Hero, I sold for four eighty, and I sold a Zach Levine out of that pack for a buck. It was like a buck eighteen or something. So I, I gotta I, get my hands on. That. I know there, I, and I'm gonna tell everyone. I said this before. I love the idea. These cards are so overvalued right now because there's just not a lot of them. That get rid of them now, because. That Zach Levine card I got rid of, there are 10,000 of them. 10,000 of them. There's just going to be a lot of Zach Levine moments that are printed 10,000 of them. <laughs> so, so sell them now. Sell them while they're high. Use that money. Buy more packs. It's fun to have, but they're all going to be cheaper in like a year. So as the market gets flooded with them, and remember, they can print these things. They can just print them. They, they, they wake up one day, they look at the money printer, and money printer go, and that's how it fucking works. <laughs> that thing fucking prints money. So don't, you know, they're fun moments to have, but, you know, you can, you can sell them. It's okay. No one's really going to be pressing in four years from now for that Tyler Hero jump shot. They'll have plenty of them. That Zach Levine jump shot. They'll have plenty. Save the cool ones that are a little unique. Like if someone out there could get a Ben Simmons of him shooting the ball, you know, I would keep that. That may be like a once in a lifetime thing. But besides that, I would just kind of, you know, <laughs> that's all you're trying to do. Hold on to unique hey, moments. No, hold on, hold on. You didn't have to throw that jab at Ben Simmons. I'm just there. telling people that's what you're looking for. You're looking for uniqueness. Ben Simmons taking a jump shot, you know. Um, if someone could get, like we saw in the All-Star break, uh, what was it, Curry and Chris Paul went back-to-back on dunks. That's a moment I'd love to have. If I could get a Chris Paul dunk from that All-Star game, that I'll pay for. That's super cool. That shit I'm all in for. But 
you know, Zach Levine going for a buck twenty. So I also got two of these Zach Levine cards because I got one of those. I got a one of the. I got one of those like twelve dollar packs. So I sold both of them. I said, "Fuck it." I sold both for a buck twenty. So um, I've made a good bit of money off of it, uh, just kind of being in it. And I'm, I, that's why I've been I've been on Twitter yelling for their drops. And I know a lot of people out there are holding on to their cards and. I haven't really talked about. I haven't really heard too many people talking about how they're just selling everything. But I'm selling fucking everything. I just am. I don't really give a shit. If I, I have a, I have a Steph Curry handles moment. I love that. I'm cool with that. That's the kind of thing I like. Something a little unique. Curry dribbles through three defenders, runs up layup. That's cool for me. I'm gonna hold that card. Tyler here shooting a three pointer. That's what he does. Who gives a shit? Zach Levine shooting a jump shot. Congratulations. So. Um, it's been pretty cool. I we got to do a live opening. Pack, man. I've tried twice. I know. Failed. Dude. Uh, I got to get my hands on one. I've been, I, I, you just got to get in on every drop. It's not quite the L's the sneaker app is giving out, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm having a good time with it. So, all right. I think that wraps it up. Any last thoughts? Uh, no, I'm good to go. I'm excited to watch the second half of the NBA season here. Uh, Nah, I got nothing. I'm hoping AD's Achilles is fine because uh, watching the Lakers lately has been a little depressing. Yeah, and LeBron really doesn't want to play, and that's that's understandable. The guy's got more miles than anyone. So I, I'm all about it. I'm really excited for the second half. I'm going to say this. Uh, there is not a team that plays worse defense that I watch night in and night out than the Wizards. I can't. I can't. I can't watch them. It's so bad. It makes sense, though. Like, who on their team is a defender? None of them. It's such a bad roster. It's so funny. It's just so funny. I don't know how much longer. I don't even know. If you were showing up every day to work and you're Bradley Beal, I don't know how you, you, like, stay with it. I can't deal with a bad manager. Like, what do you do if everyone around you is just incompetent? Like, you're like, get me the fuck out of here. Like, get me the fuck out of here. So we'll see that yeah, second you half. You seem to be saying the opposite, which is crazy. I know, I know, it's crazy. I, I, You know what, if he doesn't want to go anywhere, I'm, I'm not going to hate him for that. I just don't know how you can get up every day and be like, and let's go to work. I know, I'm I know. I'm going to get shit on for a couple <laughs> hours. I'm going to score 42, we're going to lose by 12. Let's fucking go. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and I believe he does lead the league in 30-point uh, games with losses. So... Um, it's just one of those things where you go, right, it's him and Westbrook lead the league in, in most games with 30 points uh, in a loss. So, Man, fun free stuff. Free Bradley Beal. Free Bradley Beal. All right, that does it for us. You can find Leo, Pick and Scroll on Twitter. You can find me, Pick and Play 37. Remember, rate, subscribe, review, reach out to us. Uh, we're interacting with people on Twitter. Uh, we'll take any feedback. We'll go back and forth. If you're a Utah fan out there, you can get fucked. So you talk things about the shit on us. I hope yeah. you know it's okay. You know they 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 don't. I don't even know if they have internet. So we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll move this along. And everyone out there, we're almost through this pandemic. Stay safe. Get your vaccine. Peace.